Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I am Jeff, and thank you guys for stopping in. Uh, We've got some more interesting news going on out there. Uh, There's always something to talk about out there in the geopolitical climate that we are dealing with. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for stopping in. I'm getting ready for the weekend myself. Going to cook up some steaks tonight and uh, tried some homemade chimichurri sauce. So we're going to see how that goes too. But uh, anyhow, um, so... What's going on out there? How are you guys doing with your portfolios? I know uh, it's been a rocky end of the week here. Uh, we were down, I think, the past couple days. And uh, ultimately, um, you know, we, we still got some more concerns out there. The, the Fed said that they're going to do that uh, quarter point uh, rate hikes. We had talked about that last time. And, uh, you know, ultimately, that's what we're going to go with is that quarter point. So those uh, predictions I was looking at of uh, about 87 to 90% that said we were going to get that quarter point. Uh, that's what ended up happening. They uh, had kind of, you know, backpedaled a bit on that half percent rate hike that they had originally been talking about. And that was previous to the uh, the start of the Russian-Ukraine, um, you know, battle that we've got going on, which I guess is still going on since 2014 or whenever the Crimea Peninsula War kind of started. I don't know that it ever finished, but uh, yeah, nonetheless, uh, you know, like I said, lots of lots of news going on in Russia, with uh, Russia actually trying to go ahead and ban people from pulling out of their investments. Uh, BP and Shell and some other ones have been looking to sever ties with some different uh, oil makers out there. And now Russia is ultimately saying that they're not going to have it. So I don't know if they're going to ban them permanently from ever coming back or how they're going to get it to where maybe they can't uh, sell their interest in that company right now. I'm not too sure of the plans, but ultimately that's what they're looking to do. I think they're digging themselves a deeper hole the more they uh, put their feet down and uh, really pull everyone through this. It's it's kind of getting getting ugly as far as that's concerned. But, um, you know, I did want to point out, you know, I'm in a lot of these different investing groups uh, on Facebook, as well as our own, the Let It Grow Investing page. Um, And I did see a couple people that said, hey, look, I am in Russia. I'm Russian and I want nothing to do with this, Uh, this whole war, this whole conflict. I don't support Putin. Um, And I think that's a a very important differentiator to to make is. I feel like everyone's kind of, you know, against Russia right now, but you also got to remember that there are citizens over there that want nothing to do with this. And I hate to paint, you know, the the whole country as bad people with a, you know, a wide brush. So understand that there's good and bad on both sides. And uh, hopefully we don't get into this, you know, um, these are the bad guys like we've done in the past with different groups through different wars. I, I mean, right now it's, I know they seem bad, but I'm sure there's some good people over there too. So uh, hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to everyone affected by it. And uh, ultimately, I hope this gets resolved sooner than later. Um, but the uh, the Russian stock market has also taken a beating. They've had the, mar- the market closed 
and a, a lot of people's money is just evaporating. Uh, I, I don't think Putin or anyone else in charge, the oligarchs are at all concerned with the value of the the Russian uh, currency. And uh, as far as the market's concerned, I don't think they're all that concerned about that as well. I'm sure they've got money elsewhere that, uh, you know, they could live on for ages and decades and generations to come, even without the stock market. So uh, definitely, I, I think there's certainly a problem from from top down and, and they're all getting pulled through it. But I did want to point out that there's, you know, good people all around the world, but there's also, you know, the bad apples mixed in as well. But um, yeah, going forward, we had some different earnings, right? Uh, we had Gap, the clothing store, come out with a smaller than expected loss. Uh, and that had them up about 8%. Uh, after hours, I haven't checked them today. Um, it's not one that's normally on my radar. Uh, just wanted to point out that when they have that, uh, that beat, even though they still had a loss on that EPS, they were expecting a loss of 14 cents. They only lost two cents per share, so they're closer to profitable. And uh, that ultimately sent them higher. So you really want to take that, uh, even though it's a loss, if someone else you know, was, was at a two cent loss on a, they were expecting 10 cents of earnings, they would have plummeted. But uh, when, when Gap posts that uh, two cent loss versus that um, 14 cent loss they were expecting, and they, uh, they raised their, their outlook going forward, they uh, they had this eight percent gain, and you know that's not some little small startup. That's uh, a company that's been around for ages. So it's certainly one to uh, to take note that um, you know these small losses with a good outlook are certainly what the market is looking for right now. Uh, that being said, we did have some big losses in Smith and Wesson, which is uh, SWBI. Uh, they are down about thirteen percent today on a. Uh, they forecasted 83 cents earnings per share, and they reported uh, 69 cents earnings per share. So they missed by 14 cents, uh, and like I said, they're down 13% on that. Their forecast was for 198 million dollars of revenue. They came in about uh, 21 million dollars light at 177 uh, million in revenue, and they are falling on that news. It seems like the demand is down right now. Uh, ultimately, I think some of that outdoor living is probably going to pull back when we look at campers and boats and, um, you know, like that RV market, outdoor grills. I, th I think a lot of people kind of stocked up on all that stuff uh, during the pandemic. That was kind of what a lot of people were going to was that outdoor, uh, you know, travel or, you know, outdoor activities that they could do with the family or with a smaller group. And uh, ultimately, I think some of those sales are going to decline. They're going to have a harder summer this time. As far as I'm concerned, that's not uh, any, you know, writing in stone. That's just kind of my thoughts and feelings on it. Because a lot of those numbers were pulled so far forward and the demand was so high. Uh, I know a lot of the boat makers still probably have a backlog and uh, they can only make so many boats at a given time. So some of those might... Uh, still be coming in, but I'm sure a lot of those are orders that have already happened. Uh, now, another one that uh, I am a long-term holder on, the Gap and Smith & Wesson, I have no uh, position in, but uh, Broadcom, AVGO, is one that I have owned for, eh, I don't know, probably four or five years at this point. It's been one that's treated me really well, and uh, they are a semiconductor 
chip designer. And uh, ultimately, in that semiconductor space, they have been doing really well. Uh, so they had forecasted $8.08 of uh, earnings per share. And they came in at $8.39. And uh, currently, they're only up about uh, 3%. But I believe earlier today, they were probably closer to 4 But the, the market's kind of sold off. Uh, yeah, currently at five ninety five, dollars um, And the high for the day was 605 So we're, we're $10 off that... Uh, that daily high price, but you know, we're, we're settling nicely in that, uh, middle of the day or middle of the, the range there for the day. So ultimately I think we'll probably, um, kind of be around that number at close. I don't think we're going to close at a high. There's just not enough volume. There's too much selling. So I think some people took their money, but, uh, this is still one that I really like. I don't know that I'm necessarily a buyer here. Um, I might let it come back down. Uh, I'm not even sure as to where I'd have to really check the charts and where we're at. But currently with the 32 PE earnings per share uh, for the year of $15 and a 2.8% uh, dividend. So you're going to get about uh, $16.40 on this one for owning one share for that year. You know, you get four payments of 410 are going to, you know, map out to get you $16.40 per share. But uh, like I said, the semiconductor space has been strong. Uh, it's remaining strong. There's still a lot of demand. And ultimately, they can't get these chips made fast enough, regardless if it's them, if it's Qualcomm, if it's NVIDIA, if it's uh, Micron. All of them are, are really trying to pump out as many of these chips as they can in order to have, uh, you know, meet that demand that is ultimately out there. Uh, as, as we know, automotive industry is waiting on all these chips. There's still a lot of demand. I don't think the PE is too high. Um, as you guys know, I'm, I'm big on Qualcomm too. The PE, when I look at them back and forth, we had that 32 and some change on Broadcom. Uh, on Qualcomm, when we look over at QCOM, that PE is 18.95. So it's a bit less. You do get less in the way of a dividend at 1.6. Um, but both of them, I think, are really strong companies right now. I'm just going to look over at the analyst research. Uh, Qualcomm, 36% of upside. And then when we look at Broadcom, only 16% of upside. So if you want that lower PE and uh, more upside, you're looking at Qualcomm. If you want the more of a dividend, uh, you're certainly looking at uh, Broadcom as that one's a, a good bit higher when it comes to a dividend play. But uh, I own both. They've both done really well for me. Uh, not ones we normally talk about. They're kind of slow movers. Uh, I guess Qualcomm I've talked about a good bit. But nevertheless, you know, they're, they're both good stocks, both good companies. Uh, they're kind of in that right place at the right time for me. And uh, hopefully going forward, there's still going to be that demand. I don't think we're getting out of uh, having more chips and more technology in everything from computers and, you know, cars to microwaves and refrigerators you know they're they're putting more screens and more tech and in every device imaginable so i think they're a good spot to be for the uh for the long term and uh ones that i will continue to dollar cost average in when those prices are right i like to build up those dividends while i'm investing uh so on both of those i do have that drip program turned on the dividend reinvestment program so when those dividends do come, that $16.40 a year, that automatically 
uh, per share gets reinvested back into buying more Broadcom, more Qualcomm, more of my dividend plays. Um, you know, for those, I let them just reinvest in themselves, keep on growing and keep on building that position without me even thinking about it. I don't take the money out. Uh, sometimes when it is a, uh, a higher dividend, like with uh, Enbridge or Altria, I have done this. I have turned off drip for individual stocks that have been paying more than say six, 7% a year. Uh, I did it with, with AT&T when I had it a, a while back before they cut the dividend, before they sold off the, uh, the other side of the business. I was taking those and simply having those dividends go to my cash account. So then I could buy something different. I really didn't want to buy more AT&T. So I was taking that and say I'd buy Disney or I'd buy McDonald's or or even if it was a growth stock, say I was buying ChargePoint. I was using dividends basically as found money to buy another asset that's going to make me more money. So it's just that uh, that wheel that I put it on to where I'm basically auto investing or I have more cash in my account when those dividends get paid in order to invest in other things that you know are either on sale or really attractive to me at that time. Uh, so that's pretty much what I'm doing there. But these two are on that drip program. Uh, we're going to come back in uh, a short second here. I'm going to take a break. And we are going to talk about your thoughts on whether or not the stock market is gambling or not. Uh, I definitely have an opinion. I'm going to share it with you in a few minutes here. All right, we are back here. So we have uh, been talking about uh, a bunch of different uh, ways to make money in the market. There's a ton out there. Um, now, I had a question that was presented to me about if I thought that uh, the stock market or investing was like gambling. Um, now, be before we answer this, I, I wanted to say that uh, if you are looking to get started, I do have links in the description for all the different uh platforms or uh, brokerages that I use. One of being Webull, where we're going to do that investing challenge, where we will be buying one of the stocks that we talk about here in the next couple minutes. Um, so Webull is giving away up to $9,600 worth of free stocks. All you have to do is open an account, use my link, and uh, you will. when you put in like $10, you will get uh, your five free shares. They're randomly selected. No, you can't pick all Amazon shares. That's not how it works. Uh, they will assign you randomly selected stocks. And uh, I have seen some people win shares like Apple, things like that. Um, for me, I've been getting like $8 shares when I did my free sign up. Um, so there's been a couple uh, like Zynga. I was one of them. Alamos Gold was one of them. Anyhow, we're, we're going forward. We're getting off track here. So I was asked, hey, is, is the stock market gambling? You know, it seems like, you know, all I see, I flip on the TV and it's red. Uh, nothing but down charts and, and, you know, crushed hopes and dreams pretty much. I was like, no, I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I think there is an element of that when you're on some of these different, uh, like Robin hood, you know, the banners pop up. Yeah. You won, you know, the, the gaming of it makes it seem like it's a game. Um, that's not necessarily where I'm coming from. I think that people can view it as, gambling when you're looking at stocks like the the reddit crowd was uh trying to you know push stocks one way or another and get people out of their short positions in stocks like amc gamestop um you know all those names that were were getting so much coverage in 2021 now going forward i think that penny stocks will always have some uh 
gambling kind of essence to him, any type of highly speculative speculative stock or position in uh, in crypto even is going to be more like gambling. You know, there's a lot of people that say, hey, if I, you know, if I just would have put $200 into Shiba when it was 0. 000001, uh, I'd be rich now. And that's kind of that gambling aspect of uh, investing that I don't necessarily agree with. Yes, I do own some Shiba it, and it is a couple hundred dollars, oddly enough. So I guess I'm gambling on that one. However, there are if you've got 5% of your portfolio, maybe 10 into some highly speculative names, and if it's money that you're not uh, going to be upset if you lose it, then, you know, by all means, go for it. Uh, I'm never going to give you a hard time over trying to get a 10x play if you see some reasoning for it. If you see that, uh, you know, there's a stock that's really calling you. And it might not do anything for a few years. You know, when we were looking at Tesla in 2014, people thought, you know, it's crazy. Don't do it. And ultimately, that one's gone up, you know, more than tenfold in that time frame. And it took a long time to get there. So could it have been a gamble? Sure. You know, if the uh, world hadn't adopted EVs and, you know, a lot of the different things that are out there where GM saying that they're going to only make EVs by 2035, and, you know, California is going to ban gasoline vehicles by whatever year they're doing that. That would have been, you know, it, it would have been a lot different if a lot of these different pieces didn't fall into play. So if you had any of that kind of, uh, you know, vision to where these companies are going, I don't really think it's gambling. I think it's educated, uh, an educated guess, if you will. But then when you look at uh, larger stocks, you know, when you're looking at, you uh, Say McDonald's, Johnson and Johnson, Visa. Um, these stocks are are not. I don't. I don't consider gambling at all. Um, when you can buy them correct and you're holding on to them for a long term, uh, ultimately, I'm I'm putting my money into these shares, knowing that they are going to return more after you know five ten years. the The price action right now doesn't determine whether it's a good investment or not. The price action alone does not tell you that um you know because right now apple's off of its high everything's off of its high does that mean it's a bad investment no you're just looking at it from too close of a lens if you zoom out a bit you would see where apple came from 10 years ago you would see where microsoft came from or amazon or broadcom or any of them you have that history to show you where they're at what field they're in where they're going and uh, ultimately that path that they're taking to get there if you do your homework. If you don't do your homework, sure, any of it can be a gamble. You know, I could say I'm putting $1,000 on, uh, I don't know, say ChargePoint, and I haven't done a bit of research. I just think that it's going to be the going to be the one. You know, it's going to make me uh, 10 grand in two years. Is that going to happen? Yeah, probably not. Will it eventually? I think it will, but that's because I've done some homework on it. I know where their costs are. I know where their market is. I know what the EV industry is doing. So I don't necessarily consider it gambling. Uh, I also want to point out that when you are looking at gambling, there is one winner, um, whether it's a horse race, a football game, hockey game, uh, you know, racing of any sort, there's one winner. In stocks, you're going to have days that all of them are green. You're going to have days that all of them are red, you know? So, but ultimately 
there's many winners in a space. You know, Apple's won, Facebook's won. Uh, they're down right now, but that's also that narrow lens. Amazon, you know, you look at them and they've all have done great things in their respective places. And I think for that reason, I don't consider it to be gambling because there's a lot of different winners that are out there. That's why these different indexes continue to go up. Not one winner, but many where the S&P continues to turn over a 10% increase year over year on average. That's not because there's one winner. That's because the whole market is going higher. Uh, Overall, yes, there's people that are going down. Yes, there's people that are going to go bankrupt. But if you look at it as an overall, there's going to be more winners than losers as these companies continue to uh, reinvent themselves, to make more products, to see what the market is, to make different things that are going to make people's lives better. Uh, ultimately, that's what they're looking to do. And that's why I don't consider it to be gambling. But uh, I'm going to finish up on that and I will uh, be back here in a short second. All right, I'm back. Had to get little man off the bus. But uh, now that he is back, we are back to chatting about uh, some different stocks that we're going to be voting on in the Let It Grow Investing group page on Facebook. Uh, we've got five different stocks this week. This past week, we ultimately voted on QQQ to be the ETF that we're going to be adding on Monday. Uh, so now we are looking at some different names that are in that gambling space. But uh, as you know, if you've ever been to a casino, the house always wins. Even uh, even if there are some winners, the house ultimately is going to win. So these names uh, are going to be those those owners and operators of these different casinos and gambling and sports gambling uh, or sports betting uh, websites or casinos, resorts. So for week 11, we've got five different names here. We are looking at, we are looking at Win Resorts, MGM, uh, Penn National Gaming, DraftKings, and Caesars Entertainment. So that's going to be the five names. Now, um, a lot of them are hurting right now. And I said the house always wins. You know, how could that possibly be? Well, we, uh, when, when they're operational, they, they are working, but when, the, uh, the pandemic shut them down, uh, you know, locally, nationally, and around the world. These companies certainly had a loss of revenue. Uh, so they were definitely hurting 2020. 21 wasn't much better. Uh, I happened to be in Vegas both years. Um, and now that being said, things were definitely bad in 2020. There was uh, every table had uh, plexiglass dividers. Uh, a divider in front of the dealer at the blackjack tables. You couldn't really hear anything. You couldn't really, you know, enjoy the gaming experience as it was in the past. Uh, now in 2021, those were gone. The, uh, the masks were still in place. I'm not sure. I'm guessing they're taking those rules down now. Uh, maybe they haven't. I'm, I'm not 100% certain about that. But these stocks should be doing better as more people are going to be traveling with vaccines um have a full rollout everyone that wanted to have a vaccine has it by now and uh, ultimately i think travel locally and abroad internationally is going to be back to full swing before we know it um so a lot of these had a decent year in 21 but uh, had drawn down so severely in 2020 that uh i still think they got some room to run a lot of the analysts agree with me as well um with that being said, the, the smallest upside of this group of five is 36% when you're looking at what the analysts say. 
So and that 36% upside is going to be Win Win uh, Resorts. They've got uh, some gaming in the States. They've also got gaming in Macau. We were talking a while back about the fact that they were looking to uh, get those gaming licenses renewed in Macau. That was kind of a problem that they were working on and ultimately trying to figure out a workaround that, uh, to, to get those casinos renewed, to get the casino license renewed. Uh, then we got MGM is going to be, uh, you know, a casino, but they're also looking to get into that online betting space with bet MGM. Uh, win is also doing that. They're doing the win bet where it's W Y N N bet. It's their online gaming, but uh, MGM is very similar in the way that they are, um, hurt from a couple years back, but they are currently mending a lot of that as well. So they've got a 40% upside on MGM. And then if we look at, uh, Penn national has a, uh, a high focus on the iGaming gaming space and the sports betting. They do have some resale gaming as well. They've got 44 facilities in the U S and currently their upside is 38.9%. So a lot of upside there as well. Uh, DraftKings, we have talked a bit about, uh, here as well on the, on the show, but, uh, right now they are that online sports betting, uh, platform. They're going to be number two, uh, second to FanDuel, but, uh, this is one that I really like. And, uh, a lot of the reason for that is that it's a growing industry. They tend to be doing very well within that industry with growing revenues, as we've said before, but the costs have also been really outweighing and hurting that bottom line. Uh, I do think that's temporary. I will say that they're going to have a way to pass those costs down uh, either to the customer or they're ultimately going to uh, reduce those costs. A lot of it is in customer acquisition right now. They are trying to get the the lion's share of the market. And with that comes higher costs to, uh, to get there. So uh, by 2025, it is estimated that 96% of the U.S. will be able to do online sports betting from their home state. And uh, I think DraftKings is going to be in that market when, uh, and they're going to be the, the front runner when all those people are able to, you know, actually take advantage of the, the newer gaming laws for their state. Uh, last one is going to be Caesars Entertainment, another casino uh, pick. And uh, this one actually earned wall, uh, no, wall not Wall Street, Wells Fargo's signature pick for, I believe, for 2022. So they have a, a good bit of upside um, as well with uh, 53%. I don't think I said it. DraftKings is 62% of upside, but Caesars is 53. Uh, and now a lot of these were dividend payers, and that had been a good reason to own them as well. It was a small dividend, kind of similar to where the S&P 500 averages and that 1.7 to 2.2 is where I think they were all kind of trading around. Um, but then when the uh, they weren't making enough money, they had to cut those dividends. So I do think that in time they will reinstate these as they did back uh, when the housing crisis happened. They cut the dividends then ultimately and reinstated them. And uh, for that reason, they're not dividend aristocrats or kings because they had cut the dividend or paused it. And right now they they don't pay a dividend. But uh, I think if you hold it long enough, they will get back to that point where they are going to be paying. Um, so, yeah, like I said, Caesars is that that last one in the space. And uh, I think all of them can. Uh, Caesars is probably the largest as well. Uh, a lot of them can can really do well going forward. I definitely think that uh, 
the whole group having that much of an upside is a, is a sign that a lot of people think that the, uh, the market is going to come back. A lot of people think that the travel is going to come back. And uh, I have to agree with them. I think that people are going to be visiting these places more and more, uh, as well as, you know, the, the different shopping and luxury events that, that go on in their different respective markets, whether it's Macau or Vegas or any other uh, city of those natures where there's a lot of casinos and resorts and things like that uh, there. So I do think that they have a, a bright future uh, as long as the uh, pandemic has slowed down and we are still traveling and people can go out without a mask. I think that's going to be uh, a big factor for these to do better. And uh, ultimately, I do think that they're going to get back to positive uh, PEs and EPS. A lot of them are negative right now. Uh, and I ultimately think that uh, at least four of them are going to get to the point where they have a dividend sooner than later. DraftKings being that outlier in this group. Uh, but they are more of that growth company. They're in full on growth mode. They're spending for growth. The other ones are kind of waiting until the uh, people start coming back to their casinos, hotels, resorts. That's uh, ultimately my thoughts on it. But I'd really love to see what you guys have to say by uh, going onto the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook and getting your vote in for week 11. Uh, we are already at week 11 of this year. So if you can get your votes in, we will be buying this one next Monday and uh, the polls will close on Friday. So if you can get the, the votes in, we'll go ahead and pick, uh, pick up some QQQ today. And then next week, we'll be uh, buying one of these $200 worth into that Webull portfolio. Uh, you can start your account as well by uh, clicking the link in the description using my uh, referral code. And uh, you could win up to $9,600 worth of free stock right now. So it's a win-win it's a for everyone. And uh, that's what I got for you guys today. So have a great week and uh, I will see you guys on Thursday show. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.